How do you judge success? How do you tell if God wants you on a path that you're on or he's encouraging you or moving you to a different path? How does he let you know whether you should stay, whether you should continue, or whether you should change and move to another path? In this section in Acts, we see that God has called two of his servants with a team of helpers to go on and teach and spread the gospel. And yet, when they get to do what he has called them to do, they come up against some opposition, some very unpleasant opposition. And we've seen a couple different reactions. Part of the team, one individual in the team, as he progressed on this journey, stopped, and he had had enough. And he went on. Thank you. He went back home. John Mark was his name. He went back home, went back to Jerusalem where he was ministering, where he had started from. But then we see Barnabas and Paul encounter difficulties and challenges in this work, and we see what they do. I want you to notice what they encounter and how they react to the challenges that they face. And I pray that this will encourage you as you look forward to this new year of some of the things that you may encounter and how God may want you to respond to them. We'll see the map displayed here in the cities that they are part of. And in the last chapter, here they were in Antioch. And at the end of chapter 13, we see something. It says in verse 50, The Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city, stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and drove them out of their district. So here they are. In Antioch, and they get kicked out of there. What happens then? It says in verse 51, they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. So they left here and went there. I'll show you on this side. Oops, I did something wrong. Did I do that? Okay. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't do that. <laughs> they left Antioch, and you would think it in our way of, of thinking that, okay, they don't like what I'm saying, they're starting to resist this, then I guess that's our signal to go home. But that's not what Barnabas and Saul did. It says they left Antioch and they went to Iconium. But what did they do in Iconium? In verse, chapter 14, verse 1, Now at Iconium, they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. 
So they left Antioch, they go into Iconium, and they continue to preach the word of God, and they preached with a fervor. They preached with a zeal, a passion, in such a way that a great number of people came to believe. But what happens again? In verse 2, but... (laughs) But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So here they are now in Iconium, and they're preaching, but they're finding opposition, strong opposition. It says they poisoned their minds against them. In other words, they, 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 are, they are speaking against uh, Barnabas and against Saul and, and, and lying about them, lying about what it is they're saying and trying to dissuade people from believing. So what do they do? Do they go home? Verse 3. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord who bore witness to the word of his grace. They remained, it says, not a short time, but for a long time. And what did they do? They spoke boldly. I want you to see something. You know, we've said this through our study through Acts, that Jesus told his, his followers that they were to be witnesses of him, witnesses of his life, witnesses of his death, witnesses of his resurrection. But in this verse, we see a reversal of the witness. It says, they they spoke boldly for the Lord who bore witness to the word of his grace. God spoke the witness now. He gave a witness to his word. As they were preaching faithfully, God comes alongside and says a strong amen to his word. That's an encouragement to know that when you're doing God's will, you might find physical and and natural human opposition, but what you're also going to find is godly support. Which one are you going to listen to? Who are you going to be encouraged by? And what are you going to use to follow? Who's in your ear? Who's speaking to you? You know, you can be with people that wear you down you can, or, or you can tie into the word of God by reading God's word daily, by coming into fellowship with God's people so that you are strengthened in what God wants you to do. So you constantly are hearing what God says. The world is going to bring a message to you and it's always in opposition to God in one way or another. You can choose to follow that, to be in tune with that, to listen to that, or you can stay in tune. You have to work very hard to do this, to listen to God. So God bore witness to his word. How did he do that? Granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. In other words, God empowered his people in the ministry that he had called them to do. He empowered them. God's empowerment looked like he like, like this. He blessed them so that the things that they did, the work that they did began to continue, began uh, began to be established and 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 could continue on from that. He gave them signs it says 
uh, uh, blessed them, granting signs and wonders. In other words, he allowed his power to be displayed among them so that his work could continue. I want to ask you something. Have you seen that at Sweet Communion? <laughs> if you're looking, you've seen it. The brief statement last week about our offering, and, and, and uh, um, Andy has said that we reached our goal for the month of December, and we reached and exceeded our goal for the whole year. Okay? Now, I want to tell you why that's a sign and a wonder. Okay? I want to tell you why that's a sign and a wonder. Because if you look at the news, you see things like this. Businesses struggle to, to get employees to work. They're having shortages of employees. They're having shortages of, uh, uh, of some of their basic uh, 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 things that they need for their products, whether natural or, or, or man-made. There are shortages all over the industries because of that. We're seeing businesses close down. Donna and I were out for a ride, of, I think a couple weeks ago, and we decided to take a nice ride in the countryside, and we stopped to get a bite to eat. We thought we were going to have just a nice, quiet uh, lunch. This was right after church, so we had driven for a while, and, and uh, about, I don't know, half hour, 40 minutes away from, from the city, and, and nice, just ideal spot, and we, we drove in, we came in and we placed our order, and it was just a sit-down, uh, not, not a sit-down restaurant, but it just not, not, nothing fancy. We waited for the food to come so we could pick it up at the counter and bring it to our table, and we waited. And we waited. And I think our number was something like 47 or something, and they were calling 42, 43, 45, 46, 48, 49, 50, 51. They got to 57. I said, you mean 47, right? Not 57. No, they meant 57. And they had completely passed over 47. What was happening is they were so busy and so tight they didn't have enough employees running the shop, and they had just messed up everything. We waited for over 40 minutes to get what should have taken five minutes to get, and they had found out they hadn't even started it, haven't even made it. Now, Donna was very upset. I was cool and calm, you know. They did later give us a free meal. We didn't have to pay for that. And I told Donna, see, you didn't know you were coming here for free lunch, did you? <laughs> That's a picture of the industry in a COVID world where so much is messed up. But I said to, to you, what Andy said is that we met our goal. Everything is going fine and dandy in God's work here in terms of he is supplying the need to meet the goal here. God endorses his work and blesses his work and allows it to continue. Now, that's not without trouble. You know what we've gone through in December. You know the two funerals we had 
back to back. You know the challenges with sickness that we still face right now. You, you know all of those things that, that are happening and continue to happen. But I want you to see the whole picture so that you see that God is still blessing his work. And sustain his people to do what he called them to do. And he continues to do that. I want you to see in chapter 14 here, as it goes on, it says in verse 4, but the people. Now, there's a lot of buts in Acts. And what you see with the but is, is a contrast. You see things going along, but a challenge, a contrast to what's happening. In your life, you probably have a lot of buts too. Things were going well, but then this happened. And that's what is happening here. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. That's one thing for them to be divided. But look what happens in the next verse. It gets worse. When an attempt was made by both Jews, Gentiles and Jews. Now, to me, that's a strange alliance. And when you see those kind of alliances, you know it's not just a natural thing. It's a supernatural opposition to the things of God. Gentiles and Jews aligned together with their rulers to do what? To mistreat them and to not just mistreat them. They tried to kill them, to stone them. So how did they react? They learned of it and fled. But that's not all. They didn't just learn of it and, flit and, and run. Where did they go? And what did they do? It says, they learned of it and fled to Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia, to the surrounding country. And what? There they continued to preach the gospel. Do you see what it's saying? Here we are in Iconium right here. They came from Antioch. They got chased out of Antioch down to Iconium. And now they encounter in Iconium people wanting to kill them. People wanting to stone them. And so they come down to Lystra and then to Derby. But what are they doing there? You think they hide? Re relocate? Get a new, you know, uh, 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 identity so people don't know who they are? No. They continue preaching the word of God. So they come down to Lystra and then to Derby. Now, verse 8, at Lystra, we see what happens there. I'll call this a great testimony of healing. In verses 8 through 10, there was a man who had been uh, lame or crippled from birth. He had never walked. Paul observes him and tells him to stand right, stand upright on your feet. It says he sprang up, began walking. A great testimony of God's power, but notice how the crowd responds. We have what I call as an inappropriate response. Sometimes God does great things, and, and oftentimes people don't know how they should or don't respond to it in the right way. What you're going to see here is it not, it's not just displays of power that the world needs to see. 
Because we often would, would think that, you know, wow, as I go out and tell people, if I had the power to heal somebody, if I had the power to do some great miracle, certainly they would pay attention to what I was doing and they would take in this message. But it, there's something more that's needed than just a display of power. So we see Paul commands this person to be healed, and instantaneously, miraculously, they are healed. But look how the people respond. What they do is they begin to praise Paul and Barnabas and say, y'all must be these new strange gods. The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men, they say. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes. And then it says the priest of Zeus. So they had a temple for Zeus there. And the priest there, the head of that temple, comes down and he wants to, to begin offering sacrifices to Paul and Barnabas and, and lead the whole crowd into this. Now, so, so, so in their way of reacting, they're saying, hey, we see this great display of power and we want to worship. But it's all the wrong thing. They're not listening to, 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 to what God is actually doing. In other words, there is something more that needs to happen than just this display of power. What needs to happen is a clear communication of the truth of God to lead people into what it is they are seeing and why God is displaying it that way. God didn't display that for them to, to, to uh, uh, honor Paul and Barnabas. God didn't give the gospel through you to someone else for them to worship you, for them to honor you, for them to praise you or bring glory to you. And we see Paul and Barnabas, we see their reaction immediately. They, they rush to the people. It says in verse 14, when, a, when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd. You often see that. The tearing of garments is, is a show of anguish and, 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 and just bitterness and stress. It's saying, look, what I'm wearing doesn't even mean anything to me today because of what I'm experiencing. And they're, they're showing that to the people, and they says, look, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you. So we're just like you. But it says this, we bring the good news. Here's a specific teaching of the word of God that the people needed to hear to go along with this display of power so that they would know how they should react, how they should turn to God. He says, look, we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things. Listen, the, the message that they were bringing was, was the, the very exact opposite of what the people were doing. They had seen the display of God's power and it caused them to worship men and make gods out of things that are not God. And Paul and Barnabas are saying, look, you need to hear the specific word of God to turn from this sin. God has been speaking. And he says, um, you should turn from these 
things to a living God. I love that, uh, how, how, how the word of God is specific. Don't, don't just turn from evil, but turn to God. Many people have have uh, used the new year to make new year's resolutions and they want to they want to create new habits and and new patterns for their living and he's saying don't just turn away from doing one thing but turn to doing what God would have you to do turn to God turn from these vain idols and turn to God who is this God that they should turn to the one who made heaven and earth it's interesting he said it that way because they were using the natural things of the world to make their gods made of clay, made of wood, made of metal, made of precious metals, made of, 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 of precious materials. Whatever they were made of, they still were made and they were made of something that God made. He's saying turn to the one who created all of that. Turn to the true and living God, the creator of all of mankind. He says, verse 17, in, uh, verse 16, in past generations, he allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. In other words, God has been patient with mankind for a long time. But now he's given them specific information to turn to him. And how do they do that? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. To pay attention to who Jesus is and what he has done. That's the whole message of Acts. Jesus says, you're going to be witnesses of me, of who I am, of what I've done, and what faith in me brings. Be a witness. So they began to speak to this group that way. And it says, even with those words, they could hardly stop the people from their wickedness. Verse 19, another B-U-T. Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. Now, I got the map so you could trace it, right? They come from Antioch and now Iconium coming down to Lystra. This is the path that the Paul and Barnabas and their team have gone. They started in Antioch and they got kicked out of there. They now gotten down to Iconium. And got kicked out of there. They wanted to stone them there. And they get down to Lystra. And now they have a mob following them from Antioch and from Iconia down to Lystra. So it says here, Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. And having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul. Now they've actually completed what they set out to do. Here they are at Lystra. They caught up with them. They persuaded the crowds. And they stoned Paul. You imagine what a stoning is. It's a public execution. It's done by a group of people, not just a few, but a mob. And I was told that, that the, the, the way the scene went is that they kind of put the person almost in, in a pit who was being stoned and all the around that pit were the ones who were stoning them. And we're not talking about little stones that you might hit and miss. We're talking about huge and throwing down so that the, the object is to, to, to hurt, to maim, to murder, to put that person to death. 
it says they dragged him out of the city supposing that he was dead. In other words, they didn't stop until they thought the, the, the job was done. They thought that they had killed Paul. And I think that they actually did. It says, but when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derby. Miraculous healing. What happens when we face opposition? We're doing what God has called us to do, and yet we're facing opposition. The crowd has followed us from Antioch down to Iconium, and now they won't leave us alone here in Lystra. They followed us, and they actually surround us and stone us. What does Paul do? What does he do? It says he rose up, entered the city, and on the next day, he went on. He went on. He went on. Now he went home on the next day. They stoned him so that they thought he was dead. It says on the next day. Now, I don't know if you can imagine that. Maybe you started a New Year's resolution and you started exercising, and on the next day, you probably felt sore. Somebody can say amen and a little bit of that. Maybe it's been a few years since you did that, but you know you can relate to it that on the next day, you didn't feel so good. I wonder how Paul felt on the next day, but it says on the next day, he, 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 he went on. He rose up he, and, and entered the city, and the next day he went on with Barnabas to Derby. Down to here. Now, we might naturally think he went down there to hide, to get away from the mob, to run away, to flee, to recover at least, to take a break at least. Oh, no, no, that's not what we hear. When they had, verse 21, when they had preached the gospel in that city, He went down to Derby to preach the gospel. He wasn't stopped by the threat. He wasn't stopped by the, the, by the action of the threat, by the actual stoning. Even they tried to stone him to death. God wasn't finished with him yet. Raised him up. And where does he go? In hiding? No. Sneaking out of town somewhere? No. He goes right down the road. <clears throat> Not right down. It's a little bit of a journey. He continues on the task that God had for him to continue. And when he got to Derby, you would think, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. No. I'm going to speak quietly. No. I'm going to stop being so bold. No. He continued preaching the word. He continued preaching, it says, the gospel to that city. And what happened? Made many disciples. And it's the last part of that verse that really gets me more than anything. 
and returned to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch. You see the path? He's gotten all the way down here. Where am I? All the way down here to Derby. He goes back to Lystra where he was stoned. Go back to Iconium where they were hunting him down. Go back to Antioch where they wanted to stole him in the first place. He went back through all of those cities. Why did he do that? What was his purpose? Why didn't he stop? Who was he listening to? Who did he get his charge from? Didn't he get enough information that these people don't want to hear this anymore? Did, didn't he get enough opposition to say, hey, this is a dangerous thing to do, Paul? Let me tell you why he went on. Verse 22, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Paul went here because it's the Holy Spirit who had sent him on this journey. And in his preaching the gospel, he preached to gather many believers in each place that he was at so that churches might be established to strengthen those believers and to continue the gospel in that area. Paul knew that eventually he would come back and go back to, uh, to Antioch where he has started, but he wanted to establish churches there with when people came to faith in Christ he wanted them connected with churches that had elders that had that had the structure that God had set to strengthen people and continue ministry from that point churches like sweet communion churches like this very church that God had started there and he wanted his saints to continue faithfully taking the word out. And this is what Paul had to say to encourage them. It's with much tribulation we're going to do this work. That's what he said. He didn't say, hey, y'all go on, man. I showed you it's simple. It's real easy. Piece of cake. He didn't say that. He says, it's with much tribulation we must enter the kingdom of God. He says it in another way that I referred to last time, last week, and I want to turn there again. And that's 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 13. Second Timothy 3, 10 through 13. You, have, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. 
Yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evil people and impostors will go on from, from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you've learned it. He goes on from there. Paul says it's through much trial, much hardship, much tribulation that God's word goes on. And God strengthens his people for that task. Back to Acts 14, verse 24. I like what he did. If you notice, he made a track back from Derby to Lystra to Iconium and Antioch. And we're about to catch on here as he goes back on to his home church. But what he did was he preached the word and he followed up and he established churches in each of those cities so that God's word could continue and that believers could be faithful in serving him, and then he challenged the people that times are not always going to be easy, but God has given you a task to do. How fitting that is for the new year. How fitting that is for us today. I started off saying is, how do you know if you should, enc if you, if you should be encouraged to continue on? Or if it's time to take a break. Well, you got to listen to God. You got to listen to God. And I can go back to, to chapter 13 where it's the Holy Spirit who had set Paul and Barnabas aside for this work. It's the Holy Spirit who knew what they were uh, uh, going to face. But he had called them in spite of that. It's God who's called us to a work. Is it a challenging work? Yes, it is. <laughs> but God's power goes out to meet the challenge. Do we have opposition in this work? Yes, we will. And yes, we do. But God wants us to continue in it. He wants us to be faithful. He wants us to persevere in the work that he's called us to. And we can see there's a measurement. There is a success that, that souls were hearing the gospel. They were coming to know Christ, and they were being strengthened in the, in the churches that were established in that work. Now I want you to see another side, <clears throat> starting at verse 24. And what's going to happen simply here is we're going to follow Paul from Antioch to Perga, Antilia, and then he travels back over. Uh, can we move this over a little bit? Is there a way to do that? What we'll see as we move back over, here we go, right there. And returning back to Antioch here. And on this side, you see that they are returning back to Antioch. That's the Antioch 
of Asia Minor. That's the, that's the Antioch of where they started from. That's where the church was built up from, where the church that Paul was sent out from. And so he's coming back to his home church, and what is he doing? He's going to give a report to them of what God, how God had blessed in the work that he had called them to. So let's read in Acts chapter 14, verse 24. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoke the word in Perga, they went down to Attilia. And from there they sailed to Antioch. You see, even as they were coming back home, they kept on preaching the word. Here, here's Perga, here's Antilia, and now they're going to sail and come back to Antioch. Now, what do they do when they get to Antioch? Verse 26. From there they sailed to Antioch where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. They had completed their mission. They reported back to the church, came back to their home place and told them all that God had done. And you notice in that brief sur survey or brief uh, 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 review of what they had done, they speak of God's power, what God had done. They speak little of the, the trials that they had. And they don't ignore that. We see that in 2 Timothy. Paul talks about the trials that he endured in Iconium and Lystra and Derby, uh, Antioch there. He, he talks about that. But here in the report back to the church, the, the, what's emphasized is God's working. In other words, God's working through great opposition, through great tribulation. What is that tribulation and opposition? In your life, it may be sickness. It may be challenges of health. It may be the strain of relationships that, that uh, uh, challenge you in serving the Lord. It, it, it may be a difficulty of just living, difficulty in getting a job, difficulty in, 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 in the things that, that uh, we need in, in our daily lives. Whatever the challenge is, he's saying we're going to face some challenge. Do we choose to embrace God's power to continue to do what he's called us to do? That's our encouragement today. That God has a work for us to do. He wants us, wants us to be faithful in doing it. We can see his great power displayed as we saw when Paul and Barnabas uh, were interacted with that man who had been uh, crippled from birth. But we also need to, st you need to know, we need to know that not just the power of God needs to be shown, but the word of God needs to be uh, 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 spoken clearly to people so they can know what God is doing. So they can know what God is calling them do to do. And that is to turn from their sin and to turn to him. I pray that God will just give us that encouragement to continue on. Let us know that, that that task that he has for us, he has set us on that. And it's critical. It is important. It is what we must continue to do, what, what we must be faithful in doing. We don't judge uh, the success of something by the trials that we go through or the opposition that we encounter. 
we need to be faithful in what God has called us to do, continuing in that. Not stopping because of opposition, but continuing through the challenges that we face. Father, we thank you for your word today. I thank you for this small army that you've called us to here at Sweet Communion. I thank you for the place that you have put us in here, this location, at 3765 North 35th Street. I thank you for the gifts that you have given to your people. Lord, I'm reminded on our watch night service of the beautiful gifts that have been displayed by your people. None of those gifts do anything good without perseverance. And we pray that you give us that spirit of perseverance, Lord. There may be some who want to quit, who might have a mind to quit. And I pray, Lord, that you would disturb that mind and challenge that mind and call them to faithfulness, to look to your power, to look to your grace, to look to the ministering of your people and those who need to hear your word. Lord, we see as Paul and Barnabas went on, some people listened and some didn't. Yet they continued on because they knew that was the challenge. That was the, the goal. That was the, the, the task that you had given them to do. Those who listened and believed were part of the church and, and went on from there to, to speak, to, to minister the, the gospel through that area. And we thank you for that. So I thank you, Lord, for the group of people that you gathered here today. And I pray, Lord, that you would charge us up to do more of your work. I pray, Lord, that you said the, the, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. I pray, Lord, that you would charge our people. Some are getting tired, Lord, in truth seekers and want to take a break. Some are getting tired as Sunday school teachers and want to take a break. Some are getting tired, Lord, and, and as ushers, and some are getting tired as, as choir members and praise team members and want to take a break. But Lord, I pray you remind us, you will let us know when it's time to take a break. You will let us know when you called Dwayne, when you called my dad, that that's the time that we stop. That's the time that we take a break. So, Lord, I pray that we'll be faithful unto death, faithful until you call us home. Give us that perseverance and that endurance to continue on. We pray, Lord, as we go through this, you'll minister to your people. We're still suffering in grief and suffering the loss of, 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 of believers. And Lord, I, I just ask you, Lord, that you replace. Give us some prayer warriors for the ones that you've taken from us. Give us some hard workers from the ones that, that we no longer have. And Lord, encourage those who are weary. Give them energy and zeal and passion to continue your work, Lord. We have some like John Mark who might step aside for a moment. I pray, Lord, that you'd bring them back. I pray that you would re-engage them in your work. And use them for your glory as you did use Mark. We thank you for that. Minister to your people, Lord, right now. There's some here who need to be saved. And I pray, Lord, that they would see 
how much you have gone through to bring the gospel to them. You want them to hear, you're calling them to respond. Not just to respond and say yes, but to respond, say yes, and get busy in your work to be fruitful for you, useful for your glory. Minister to your people, Lord, through your word today. Encourage and bring about that response that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.